don't believe in fairy tales. I guess I've outgrown them. But that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's something bigger than me. Because I've seen in a hospital room when the doctor said sorry. There's nothing more we can do. Well, it wasn't through. I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of the struggle. God, if you said you'll perform, may not be how I want you to. But here's what I'll do. I'm going to wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I'm trusting your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I'm trusting your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. Yes, I will. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Somebody stand to your feet. We're here to honor the name of Jesus. We're here to bless the name of Jesus. Okay, love. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just clap our hands unto the Lord this morning. He's alive in us this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands, holy people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Pray with us this morning. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We call upon your name this morning, O God, because you are great and greatly to be praised. We thank you, Lord God, for this another privilege, another day to be in your presence, Lord God. Father God, as we commit the service in your hands this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you would bless us. Help us, Lord God, to be, oh God, unified in one today, Lord God. And that the Spirit of God will move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. I pray anointing upon the man of God this morning as he come forth to bring your word, that you will use him for your glory, Lord God. That's what we're praising us. Bless every aspect of our service this morning, oh God. We ask you to keep us and guide us. Let your will be done, your kingdom come, as we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And come on, church, let's just give the Lord another round of applause. He is worthy to be praised this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
just to praise and to worship Jesus. Somebody thank him this morning.
Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He loved us so much. While we were in our sins, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, praise and worship team this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give a lot of round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. It's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. It's truly worthy to be praised this morning. Amen. 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 Praise God. We want to take this time out to greet you all. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. So honored to have everyone in the house of God this morning. Our online congregation. So honored to have you tuning in this morning. Amen. And I pray that God will bless you in your midst where you are this morning. Amen. It's indeed a good privilege, a good time. And not only a time, but privilege when you can get the time to worship and praise God. Because He's truly worthy to be praised. Amen. It's indeed an honor. Amen. To greet you all this morning. And we want to be, you know, give God all the glory and all the honor this morning. You know, this week, you know, there's so much things happened this week. You know, I, I, I had a privilege this week of, uh, you know, celebrating another birthday. And I'm thankful that God gave me the strength. Amen. Amen. To celebrate. And I, you know, thank my wife. She did something uh, special for me this week. And I, I give honor to her this morning for, you know, being um, being so, you know, you know, creative in what she do. She do, she do a lot of creative uh, crafted things, Pastor, if you please. <laughs> Amen. She, she, good crafted things. Amen. That's it. Thank you. You know, but, you know, she, um, you know, she'll keep, you know, I, I'm, I'm always like to know what's going on, where we're going. But she always, you know, keep me in the dark, you know, keep in the dark, just drive, just keep driving, just, just, just follow the direction, you know, so, um, you know, I love my wife and, um, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be with her for the number of years we've been together. In fact, this year is going to be, um, correct me if I'm right, uh, she, she, see, I, I don't keep track, but she, this year is going to be 30 years since we've been married and God's been good to us, amen. My God, amen. That's a long time, but God's been good. Amen, amen. I'm, I'm going to call and pass the call. We're so honored to have you in our meds. You've been with us for a little bit. I'm going to ask you if you could come up for a minute, and um, I want you to testify for us. I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, we, 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 in, in this church, you know, there's no surprise in the house of God, but, but you know, <laughs> we do everything, you know, in, in the way it needs to get done, but we truly uh, honor um, to, to be in the presence. So we have uh, Pastor Cole with us. You know, she's from Jamaica. She's been with us for a little bit. So I want you to give a testimony this morning unto the Lord. Bless the Lord, everyone. Can we praise the Lord again? Can we just wave our hands to the glory of God? He's been a good God. Amen. David said, in all our ways, acknowledge him. And today, I just want to acknowledge him. I just want to thank him for his love, for his mercies, and his goodness towards us. Let me greet pastor and wife this morning and all the ministers, to all God's beautiful people. It's a pleasure to be among you. I'm indeed happy. I feel welcome. I feel relaxed. 
Amen. Enjoying the time, the moment that the Lord is allowing me to be here. I have proven him over the many, many years that he has been a good God. Amen. Sometimes it seems like, oh, this is not going to work out. But he knows how to fix it. He knows how to do it. And he has his own time and everything. Amen. And because of that today, I just want to rejoice in his love. I just want to rejoice in the fact that there are so many benefits that I have derived from him. Sometimes it feels like ain't going no further. This one is not going to be done. But to God be the glory today. He's been my doctor. He's been my healer. I said he's been my healer. He's been my healer. He has been my surgeon. Hallelujah. He's the great bomb in Gilead. Hallelujah. There is not a friend like Jesus. There is no God like unto him. He's the only one. Hallelujah. And it does not just only take care of healing, but he supplies every need. He supplies every need in every area of your life. The God that we serve, he knows just how to fix it for us. And today I just want to bask in his presence and continue to love him. For he's always my friend. God bless you. Come on, give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. You know what? Pastor Cole was talking up there. You know, the thought came to me. Um, you know, if you live for God hard, it's going to be easy. You, you got to sacrifice to serve God. And if you live for God easy, it's going to be hard. We got to make sacrifice in everything that we do. You can't expect to be blessed and don't do anything to be blessed. If you get a job, if you work, you will be paid. If you don't work, you're not going to get paid. It's just the way it is. You know, so let's just serve God because, you know, there, there are so many wonderful things about Jesus. You know, he's our provider. You know, as uh, Pastor Cole was talking there, you know, he's our healer. He's our keeper. He's our shield. He's our everything and our all. Amen. And we have this right this morning to praise him and to give him glory because of all the good things that he has done for us. Nothing good that we have done, but because of his love and his mercies and his compassion and, and all the good stuff. He died for us and gave his life for us. I, I, I just love him this morning. I'm not going to stop loving him because of what he's doing for me and what he's continuing to do. Amen. I love him this morning. I'm going to continue to serve him. So if you see me slipping too far to the left, make sure you hit me. Let me hit, hit, hit me. Hit me hard.
authority, you know, because I want to know that I want to stay where I need to be, you know. I, I don't want to slip too far to the left. Why? Because I love the Lord. This is me, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone, online congregation, if you see I'm slipping, going too far to the left, you know, you have the right to hit me hard. Amen. Because if you live for God hard, it's going to be easy. Amen. Hallelujah. I love the Lord this morning. Everyone said it's offering time. It's offering time. Amen. This, this is a time of the service where we want to, you know, get back a blessing of what and, you know, give back to God, you know, a portion of what he has blessed us with. And, um, you know, give unto the Lord. You know, we're still trying to raise $1.7 million. You know, we, we want to get a building. We want where everyone, we want to have one service where we can stay, you know, Two or three hours just worshiping. Now, you know, forget about everything else. You know, we'll have the snack machine over there. We have the beef and the gold, the beef fatty and the gold. Amen. Amen. We, we, we'll, we'll have it all. Amen. So we, we, we want you to, you know, to be a blessing. You know, we want to be a place, beef and the gold. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you all to stand with us this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know. Amen, amen. Praise God, amen. You know, um, I think um, you know, next week, uh, Sister Sylvia, as I talk about beef on the go, um, we're, we're gonna be back into um, you know, um, having uh, the patty on the go. What is that? Beef on the go, or what is it? It's gonna be something on the go. Let's snack on the go, amen. So, um, you know, get ready. You can pre-order. So that's a good thing. Um, for our services. You know, you can pre-order. So, you know, we're, we're doing this all in the name of our building fund. So be a blessing whenever you can. You know, online, if you want us to deliver, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we may get you on the go. But, you know, be a blessing to us. Amen. This morning. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for this privilege, O oh God, you have given unto us to be one more time in your presence, Lord God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every givers, those who have to give, those who have not likewise, O oh God. As we give back to you a portion of your blessing, Lord God, we ask you to continue to open up doors for us as we continue to praise you. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing as we continue to worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Remember, if you're giving online, it's www.myccc.faith. If you're giving to PayPal, it's Christ. It's at Christ Center Church. And if you're giving to Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. Give unto the Lord this morning. Brother Jordan is here. If you want to pay electronic currency, Brother Jordan, we have our ushers here. Give unto the Lord this morning. In Jesus' name.
give the Lord some praise. My goodness. Ancient of day. We serve a wonderful God. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to be with you. I'm just excited about being a Christian. Just being a Christian excites me. And I'm so glad that God is good. He's merciful. He's loving. Because sure enough, I know I don't deserve his goodness. But he has shown his goodness in spite. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Heidi, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. That's somebody that have their priorities in order. She did what she was supposed to do. She lost her dad. And right after that, she lost her mom. And boy, those of you who have lost your parents, you can relate. But you know, that's just incredible. And I don't know, only the help of the Lord can get you through things like that. But we went to the funeral yesterday, and um, I was, I don't know how you felt, um, but not often you go to funerals that um, encourage you. That funeral encouraged me. Because the woman lived a, she lived a really, really outstanding life. And those that organized and planned the funeral did a great job just kind of shining the spotlight on what this woman was, who she was, and all she has done. And so I didn't get to be around her and know her um, in depth, but I tell you, I salute her. And she was a wonderful woman of God. Uh, One of the things I enjoyed that I heard about her is everyone knew that wherever you saw her, if you just muffled that you wanted her to pray, She didn't say, okay, we'll pray. She laid hands on you right there and prayed. I like to hear things like that. And so there's just so many stories. Um, The school that she worked, the principal spoke so eloquently about her. Uh, Brother spoke eloquently about it. It just was wonderful. And I left her encouraged. I said, you know what? She lived a strong, wonderful life. And so she's left a legacy. And if God see fit that this is the time, it's all right. Because she did really well. She did really well. There's people that's going to live a whole lot longer than her that won't be able to hold a candle to what she has accomplished and done. So I was grateful to be in the house yesterday. And we had a wonderful, wonderful service, going home service for her. So, Heidi, be encouraged. She left you a legacy. And you're in God um, because she had something to do with it. She prayed and God worked in her life and it spilled over in our children and so many people that she loves so dearly. Amen. A couple of quick announcements. Um, This Tuesday is our family Zoom meeting. Please, if you we want to make sure we have all of your information. So if you don't or if you change your phone number, see Sister Patrice so we can send you the link for Tuesday. Because we want you to be on the family Zoom call. I mentioned this morning in our 9 a.m. service that we need to cultivate really good and wonderful and godly habits. That as we grow, you don't start complaining that the church got too big and now we can't keep up with everybody. I know about that. And so let's start cultivating good habits of being in the know. 
staying connected with what's going on so we will always feel connected. Look at Madeline looking at me. That's my girl. And don't be jealous, Nicola. She's looking right at me. <laughs> oh, but give your number to Sister Patrice. I messed that all up, right? Give your number to Sister Patrice so she can send you the link for Zoom this Tuesday. Outreach is this Saturday morning at 930 we're going to meet here, probably meet outside. Um, so we'll meet here at the church outside and we'll pray together and we'll go out in the community and do outreach and give out postcards and invite people to church and pray if they want prayer, teach if they want teaching. But we're going out into the community 930 this Saturday and uh, 9 a.m. We have um, a um, COVID vaccine clinic right here, right in this building from 9 a.m. till 12 noon. And we're hoping to have J&J and Moderna um, vaccine available. So if you know anyone that needs to be vaccinated, tell them to come and get vaccinated. Um, obviously, it's for free. And we have some of our nurses that will be here helping. And we have nurses. Look at that flyer. Wonderful flyer that the community um, health care department created. And so we, we are partnering with them to do this vaccine clinic. So invite someone that you know that need to be vaccinated to come and get vaccinated. If you know anyone that's 12 years old to 17 years old that wants to be vaccinated and not yet vaccinated, tell them to come. They will not be vaccinated that day, but Hamilton Healthcare Department have a partnership with a local pharmacy where they will instruct them, set up an appointment for them so they can go and get vaccinated, which would be the Pfizer and they will get vaccinated and then get their second shot and they will be good to go. So that's going on at 9 a.m. here. Also, I missed this and shame on me. My singles director sent up a note this morning to say there will be a single Zoom meeting June 21st at 7 p.m. So that's her first order of business. She is having a single Zoom meeting June 21st. At 7 p.m. So um, get all the singles to get on this Zoom meeting. Again, um, whether it be email or phone number, um, we need your contact information so we can send you the link. That way you can be a part of our single Zoom meeting June 21st. That's a Monday at 7 p.m. Amen. Is that good, singles director? All right. Man, she sent a threatening note. I'm like, what is that? Now, where's my glasses? Oh. All right. That's a, this, that's a, that's official old stuff. That's official old stuff. Man. I'm checking this. That's official old stuff. I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'll be all right. Man, oh man. That's official old stuff. Man. Man, I was running from that. Don't want to, didn't want to wear glasses. And then got to be, you know, I used to hear, my wife used to tell this story that, um, um, you needed your, um, how did it go? You need to put on your glasses to look for your glasses. You know, like you would, you would lose your glasses, can't find it, but you can't find it because you don't have them on. And so I used to hear all of those stories, and now I'm standing here talking about where's my glasses. Man. 
Welcome to the club. Not happy about that club. I really didn't want to be in that club. I'm got, got to be honest with you. Don't want to be in that club. Man. Didn't want to be in that club. Now I'm in the club. Oh, boy. Good to, good, good to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Laugh. Laugh at yourself. Right, Natalie? Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to get in the word of the Lord. Did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? What did I miss? Huh? The what? Picnic. Okay. So, ah, okay. See? I appreciate that, Mama Thomas. Um, Brother Scott already mentioned beef patty. They don't need no more mention than beef patty. Now, what you just said, Mama Thomas, is right on point. So, listen. Um, church picnic, July 31st. It's a Saturday. We'll get going probably at noon, from noon to probably 4, noon to 5, somewhere along the lines, right? But we always reach out to you uh, to see if you would be interested in making something nice, something good to eat, and what can you bring to contribute to that day at the picnic. And so we will be doing the same. You can start to think about that and um, what you would like to bring, what you would like to contribute. So I want you to see Sister... um, I'm trying to figure out if I said it. It's because I don't know if everybody knows where Sister Riego. Sister Aisha. Sister Aisha. We ain't see Brother Riego in a long time, so we was losing, you know, stuff. So let Brother Riego know the more he, we see him, the more we call her Sister Riego. The less we see him, the less we call her Sister Riego. That's not nice. I'm just trying to make a point. But Sister Riego and Sister Sylvia. Y'all know who they are? Yes? You, you know who Sister Riego is? Um, um, Rosalie? See? See? Don't mess with me. So, Sister Sylvia, come here for a second. Sister Riego, come here for a second. I know, I know. Don't mess with me. I know I might seem like I'm crazy sometimes, but I'm not that off. Not that off. I might be asking where my glass on is on my... I might be asking for my glasses when it's on my face, but I'm not crazy. Uh, you, see, you see, but 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 that's. But <laughs> Tell Ivan, this is his fault. Because if he was here a lot, then people, oh yeah 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 yeah, the Riego thing would make sense to them. The Riego thing would make sense to them, but because we don't see him enough, it's, 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 am I making sense either? You smart? Am I making sense? Yes, yes, yes. It makes sense. So you tell him, you tell him what I, I tell him to watch today's service. Mm-hmm. That way he will be able to hear all of this himself. So he know you're not biasing what you're saying. All right. Huh? Can y'all just do like this? Just lower the mask. Lower the mask for a second. Just this. You can't just pull it out like this. Oh, y'all got to do all that. There you go. Oh, y'all see who they are? Make sure you bring the picnic stuff to them. They will be responsible to get all the picnic stuff together and all the activities together. Sister Aisha Riego and Sister Sylvia Anderson. Give them a hand clap of praise. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> they are in charge of picnic. They are in charge... And, um, of course, Brother Tom is going to be working the background. <laughs> Brother Tom, I know they're coming to see you, Brother Tom. Brother Tom, 
but see them so they can organize and get us going. Right, Madeline? So they can uh, uh, help us organize and get going, and we will do just fine and have a great picnic. Amen? All right. All right. Mama Thomas, do, do I need anything else? Oh, yeah. We're going to miss that pudding. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Anything else? We good now? All right. Well, stand and let's get into the word of God. Matthew chapter 13. John, it's good to see you this morning. How you feeling? Good. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Online congregation. Brother Scarlett touched on something this morning. He said he doesn't know how you will get beef patties when we start up next week again. Because even though it's beef patties on the go, we can't get them delivered to you because they're nice and hot. And I mean steam be coming out. So we don't know how to make that possible, online congregation. We're sorry. So probably the way you get real good beef patties, because it's freshly baked, you're going to have to make a trip into the building. Just want you to know online. Love you. Amen. I was messing with... um. Um, Brother Joe and, and Sister Barbara, the Koreas, and um, I'm telling them they probably need to plan a vacation to come north. You know, Florida people don't come north on vacation. <laughs> so, so y'all might want to plan a vacation to come north for vacation. You know, come up this way and be able to be in-house. You can eat beef patties and everything. Amen. Even if it's but one Sunday. Hallelujah. Dee Dee? Dee Dee on? No Dee Dee? You didn't check? Come on, you got to keep me up with the stuff. All right. All right, how about um, Paul Brantley? Paul Brantley is there. He said, good morning, church. Tell him Brother Tom is jealous. <laughs> Brother Tom, he stole that good morning, church, from Brother Tom. But, but tell him it's okay, because Brother Tom does it here. But Brother Brantley does it on social. So we good there. Amen. Sister Wood, I don't know if Brother Wood is next to you, but if he's not, make sure he comes next to you and, and, and you know, Worship and get together with you for the word. Amen. Amen. Sister Joan, if you're not live, I need you live sometimes. I did hear that you were live last week, Sister Joan. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse number one says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship. And sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables. Somebody say parables. Saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who had ear to hear, let him hear. 
How about we pray this morning, ask the Lord to help us. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, Lord God, to reign on us this morning. I ask you, Lord, to do what only you can do by demonstrating your signs, wonders, and miracles. Father, so many people are not understanding, not seeking you, understanding that you are the source, that you have all the answers, that you can do exceeding and abundant and above whatever they can ask or think. I pray this morning, Lord, that you will show them, Lord God, show them, Lord God, that you are here for them, that you can do what is needed to be done in their life. I pray, almighty God, that you place me in the flow of your spirit and allow me to speak as your oracle this morning, Lord. Let the gifts of the spirit operate. And I pray that the hearts of your people will be receptive to the word of God this morning and that their mind will be clear that they will hear and understand the word of the Lord this morning. I pray, O great God, that change will come to us That when we leave this place, Lord God, it will be different from all other times we have left here, O God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you have your way, Lord God. That you overshadow us by your power, by your strength, by your spirit, Lord God. I pray this morning that you will help us, O God, that your will will be done. I pray and ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Some places, or should I say some church service you attend, you will realize that that church is excited about music, singing, dancing, praising, but shallow in the word of God. You make any little noise and they just start dancing. You know, somebody grab the mic. Every minute somebody grab the mic singing and they'll sing you to death. They'll play you to death and you'll just be, yeah. But then you start asking them about the word and they can't explain it to you. They only can just give you surface stuff about the word. But then there's those other congregations that you go to and the preacher gets so deep and preached, you know, eloquently and clearly and the word of God come. But they just sit there and they do this. They're taking it in in an intellectual way. They're taking it in as education so they have the word of God in their mind. And so what my desire is for Christ-centered church is that we mix the two and have both working in our congregation. The praise, the worship, the excitement about, you know, know, giving God praise, but also that we have the word of God deep down in our heart, deep down in our soul, that we have the word of God at a place where we can teach it and explain it and we know it and we cannot be tricked or deceived by anyone. We need both. Not one or the other. And so 
For me, for you, we need to strive to have both working in our life. The word deep down rooted in us. Praise just come from our spirit and just flow from us. And so we read here in the text about the sower. Well, let me say this before we get to this sower. Jesus's popularity is now at its height. Crowds throng him wherever he goes. But he is not dazzled by the blaze of public favor and attention. On the contrary, he sees how unsubstantial and delusive the people are. Multitudes follow him for the charm of his words and the fame of his miracles. But of these large numbers, few truly accepted his message and profited by his message. It was necessary that he should sift through the crowd, separating those who are sincere and earnest from those who are superficial and indifferent. The method he employed, he employed to minister that will separate the superficial and indifferent from the sincere and the earnest was to teach in parables. And so today, I want to talk to you on this topic, fruit bearers. That's a parable, a couple word parable, fruit bearers. Because if you're talking about something spiritual, what are we talking about when we say fruit bearers? When you think fruit bearers, you think of a tree bearing fruit. You think of a plant bearing fruit. Fruit bearers. Fruit bearers. Parables denote a similitude taken from a natural object to illustrate a spiritual or moral subject. It is a narrative of some fictitious or even real event in order to illustrate more clearly spiritual truths. When the teaching is by parable, those who are only amused or desiring the superficial things will not see the truth which they do not care to have anyways. While those who are desiring change, they are sincere, they are hungry, awake and alive to the teaching of the kingdom, it will prompt them to think, inquire, obey, and to get a better hold of Jesus Christ. And so, ask yourself this morning, what am I here? to be in the house of Lord? Or am I here 
because I'm seeking God? Or am I here because I want to get a hold of Jesus Christ? Or am I here because I want to know him? I want to get a relationship with him. I want whatever he has from my life. I want him to deposit in me and bring forth. Am I here for that? Or am I here because I just made myself obligated to be in the house of the Lord? The scripture tells us a sower went out to sow some seeds. Mm -hmm. Seed that is sowed is the word of God. Because the seed yesterday, forever, the seed is powerful, it's quick and sharper than any seed bring life. Can be absolutely shine, or it could be all of them. But what you have control over is the soil. That's what you have control over. You have control over the soil. The soil is what you have control over. The success or failure of preaching is mainly dependent on character. Character of the people, or read the word of God. And so we're concerned, and we're saying, I. 
when I go to church. After some time. Produce. So what's going on? And I tell you, check the soil. Check the soil. It's not because something is wrong with the seed. It's not because something is wrong with the seed. We have to check the soil to see what's wrong, why the seed has not produced what it's supposed to produce in our life. There are four different kinds of soils that the scripture talked about that we just read. Four different kind of soils. The first soil was the wayside soil. The wayside soil. What does that mean? Instead of being a receptive soil for the seed of truth, the heart of the worldly person is hard and unplowed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the wayside soil. The hardening is the results of the traffic of numerous earthly interests. Hmm. These secular concerns trample the heart into a highway. These interests may be harmless and even necessary, but the full surrender to them is ruinous to the spiritual life. Church, I know we like to feel... When we hear these things, we say in our mind, well, what does God want me to do? I have to, I have to survive. I have to live. I have to do this and I have to do that. You want me to tell you something that's interesting? We never stop to think about, and I pray I can help you all think this way first instead of the other way that we normally think. We normally think about ourselves immediately. I mean, I got to survive. I got to work. I got things to do. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I can't just make, you know, church everything. I can't just make. I hear you. Here's what God is going to say to you. There's people that's doing it. That's what we don't understand. When we get to heaven, it's going to be because some people did it. For some reason, we're thinking that when we look at our situation and we see, oh, that, just, that just doesn't seem possible, and we dismiss it and just keep going how we always have gone, we think that that should be enough to get us into heaven because that just won't work for me. But yeah, I'm still going to do my thing, but all of what the pastor's talking about, that's just not going to work for me. But I'm here to tell you, when you meet Jesus face to face, he's going to say, he did it, she did it, they did it, they did it. Listen, I'll pick on, I'll, 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 I'll use one example for you real quick. What you going to tell Jesus if Brother Scarlett's standing in front of you? I just don't know because I know it takes a lot to run a business. Right. It takes a lot to run a business. And so he's running a business. He is there and he is serving God full tilt straight on. What are you going to tell Jesus when he's in front of you when you decided that that was just too much? That's all I'm asking. 
And there's plenty of brother scarlets in our world. So we can't just rest on our laurels to think, I mean, how are you going to do all that? There's a lot of secular interests that comes into our life that, 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 that causes us to just not do the things that God would have us to do. And that creates the wayside soil. Wayside soil. Mm-hmm. The heart that is consumed by many interests of the world is a prey for Satan to ravage. So a lot of times you hear me say things and you're saying, well, what I'm doing is not a sin. I learned it a long time ago that what you may be doing is not a sin, but it's an open door for Satan to come in and re- just just destroy you, take you apart, cause you to just walk away from God and start living in sin. So you, you may not be sinning. You may just be involved in a lot of interests in the world. Busy. I got to stay busy. Idle mind, devil's workshop. Yeah, but God didn't tell you to be busy doing all the other stuff. Remember this scripture? Martha, Martha, you're cumbered about with so many things. So we have scripture where Jesus is showing us, don't let your busyness be with a whole lot of stuff that have nothing to do with the kingdom. Don't let your busyness be a whole lot of stuff that leaves out the kingdom. Your busyness needs to include or the kingdom needs to be the first thing and all the thing, everything else work around. We never stop to think that whatever we're doing in life professionally, whatever we're doing in life, possibly personally, is for God to get the glory from it. We never stop to think that. We just think most of the times that whatever we're doing, this I have to do this for me or I have to do this for my family. When I hear people say I have to do this for me or I have to do this for my family, you know the first thought? You, you, you don't know God. You, you, you don't know God. Because here's the thing. God says, why give thought? All the little things that you have need of, God say, why give thoughts on those things? Because I know you need those things. So the things that we're pursuing the hardest, God is telling us. He knows we need those things. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom. I'll take care of those things for you. And all the people that seek in the kingdom first, they can tell you firsthand that it really is true. That when they seek the kingdom first, all the stuff that they need, it just fall into place. And they do very little work to, to have all the other peripheral things work in their life because they have seeked the kingdom first. Brother Scarlett always tell the, um, the story about he got to turn customers away sometimes or tell them I can't come to you for two weeks. But there's a lot of business out there that the reason why they can't move forward or Corona shut them down or whatever, why? They can't get no business. You think it's coincidence why a Christian man that seeks the kingdom first is turning business away sometimes as opposed to someone that is not seeking the kingdom, that is just dying for business? 
not a coincidence. We just haven't learned how to turn the tables and say, the kingdom I will seek first. And my job, uh, all of my interests, all of my other stuff, they have to come after. When you turn those tables and start doing that, you will get to laugh with us and say, wow, that is true. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will just fall into place. Then the other soil was the soil of stony places. The soil of stony places. The rocky ground is hot and it provokes quick growth. Sentimental people show a passion of devotion, but they have no reservoirs of strength. The soil of stony places, guess what? Stuff spring up quick around the stony places, but there's no deepness to it. Those are people that come to church, get together for the service, and you hear the word of God, and it sounds good, and you might shout a little, and you may dance a little, and when you go out there and you go and see a, a scratch on your car, you start cussing. And cussing. No reservoir. No deepness. Uh-huh. The word was just doing something for you then, feeling good when you was in church service, doing a little dance. God is good. You know, we, when are we going to say God is good when we're going through a really difficult situation? Do we only say he's good when it's going good or do we say he's good when we are going through the worst of times? If you can't say God is good when you're going through a rough time, you might be the soil of stony places. Uh-huh. Then we have the soil of thorns. The soil of thorns. In this third case, more progress is made with that, you know, worldly interest. But yet, there's still no harvest. Here we do not have the overall worldliness which produces indifference from the be- as like the beginning in the first case. In this case, there is a competition between spiritual and worldly. There is some of us that the soil that we're dealing with is the soil of thorn. And what that means is you are in competition with worldly stuff and spiritual stuff there's a battle going on in your life with should i do this worldly stuff or should i do this spiritual stuff and so that's the competition that's going on that's a soil of thorns you have thorns in your life and you can't get to move forward because of the competition Mm -hmm. you want to do some spiritual things but the worldly interest is pulling on you. And you give in to the worldly interest. Why? Because you're doing that just a little bit more than the spiritual things. You got two dogs in your house. The one you feed the most will be the strongest. And so if you are feeding the worldly appetite in your life more than you're feeding the spiritual life, Guess what? The worldly will win and you're wondering, what's wrong? Why can't I get over this? Because you're doing more of that than you're doing more of this. And so you're stronger in that than you are in this. And we don't realize. Secret, secret, here go, secret time. This make you strong at everything. 
<laughs> That's all I can tell you. This make you strong at everything. You want to be, you want to be, <laughs> survey is proven. Listen to this. Survey is proven. Our children that grow up in church are smarter in secular school than most of the average kids in secular school. Oh, y- y'all don't believe that, huh? Yeah. I'm telling you. Because there's something about this. It covers everything. And so when you step out into that environment, in that world out there, if you have most of this in you, you're going to be fine. You're going to be strong and you're going to be accomplished and you will accomplish what you need to accomplish because this is it's going to keep you rooted and grounded. It's going to keep you established to be successful in anything else. This teach you discipline. And some of the reason why we don't do well in school is because why? We're not disciplined. Because a lot of times it's not because people are smarter than people. It's just because we're not disciplined. Some decide I'm going to discipline myself to go to school for four years. And after that, I'm going to discipline myself some more to go get my master. and got educated that that tell me i can depend on you as opposed to someone that didn't go that tells me eh, you're up and down you're here you're there well, i'm not sure if i can depend on you mm-hmm. there was a time where times have changed now but there was a time where companies will only to a certain level after you got did y'all know that well, I just gave some secret. All right, so I just gave some secret. Tom know about that stuff. Dean know about that stuff. There's a certain age know about that stuff. You wasn't getting promoted until you got married. Why? Now I can depend on your you got a family that you got to take care of. And because of that, we know we, you, will, you will deal with some stuff on the job. You're not just going to get up and leave because you got a family. That's how they thought in corporate America because they wanted to make sure they can trust you. So if we promote you to this. Guess what? We know you're going to be here for a while because you have placed your roots here. You've got kids. You've got wife, uh, wife, whatever it is. We know you'll be here. And so that was a big part of them considering to promote you a long time ago. Just saying. And so... The soil of thorns is the soil that has competition going on between the interests of the world and the interests of the kingdom. And whichever one is stronger will win out. Which soil are you? Are you the soil that is wayside? Are you the soil that is stony place? Or the soil of thorns? Then we have the good soil, the good soil. This soil is plowed, beautifully cultivated with just the right moisture and sunshine. Good soil. It's turned over just right. Nice. Weeds are gone. Stones are gone. Nice. All the good soils bring forth much fruit and good fruit. 
This is the one result that is to take place. When the fruit appear, we have the joy of the harvest. The preaching of the word of God was not for naught. If no good comes from the preaching, majority of the fault may just lie on the soil, not the seed. The heart and character of the hearers, the gospel of Christ, brings in a rich and plentiful and good harvest. Are you harvesting anything in here? What are you harvesting? <laughs> what, 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 what are you bearing? Mm-hmm. What are you bearing? When the Bible says, when Jesus says, my word will go out and it will not return unto me void. You need to understand that, what it means. And here's what it judges. What he's saying is, my word, the seed, will expose if you are where you need to be, doing what you need to do, or not. You, God don't send nobody to hell. Did you know that? That God doesn't send anybody. He says, you're reach for you. I, I for you. I'm going to always reach for you, but you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Can you imagine we go to, to school, to college, all those years, and we don't take on the responsibility, Ethan, of being. What do you think? Who does college to spend all that money and never learn anything to the place where you can graduate? Who does that? But we don't want to look at church like that. Because we do that a lot in church. We just come in. We get a little bit of intellectual knowledge. But there's no growth. There's no crop. There's no harvest. We just come in. And we just hear. And we just go. But God has called us to be fruit bearers. That's what God has called us to do. And to be fruit bearers. That's what we are. Fruit bearers. All who profit by the truth of the gospel because the soil was good do not profit equally. It is not enough that some fruit is obtained. The aim is for abundant return. God wants abundant return from the seed that is planted in the soil. He wants abundant return. The seed is capable of the seed is a great multiplier. There is no limit to the possibilities of what the seed can produce in you. We are fruit bearers. Tell your neighbor, you are a fruit bearer. Uh-huh, you're a fruit bearer. You're a fruit bearer. We were met, meant to bear fruit. 
Some of us were meant to bear fruit by a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Come on, fruit bearers, where are the fruit? The world needs the fruit that you bear. Our responsibility is to bear fruit, the seed, and produce fruit. But we are responsible to bear it and carry it out so someone can pick from the tree. Listen to me. If you don't understand relationship and you think it's one-sided, think again. All of us have a responsibility in relationship. Now, I'm not into... Ooh, this is good. Good revelation here. Before getting married, there's this discussion. Is it 50-50 or 100%, 100% or 80-20? Whatever. We start getting to these discussions. You know, we, we so intellectual and we so smart now that we have all these discussions. But according to the word of God, it's not about that. Revelation, Ethan. It's about what you can do, and that's all that matters. Just do everything you're supposed to do. When we get in relationships, our responsibility is to do all that we can do. That's it. That's it. Do all. The problem comes in when you're not doing all you can do. That's where the problem comes in. I don't care where that lands. You want to observe and look at it and say, well, that looked like about 30%. I'm doing 70%. That ain't it. It's about what you can do and what the other person can do. It's never a measurement of how much. It's a measurement on are you doing what you can do? Oh, boy. Maybe you didn't date right and so you mad because you wanted the person to be this and be that. That's your fault because you didn't look into what the person was capable of. And so now you're married and you want them to be somebody different and do this and do that. No, they can only do what God designed them to do. So forget about 50-50. Forget about 100%, 100%. Forget about percentage. It's about what you were designed to do. You do and be that. And so when you get your, when you dating, you need to let them know. We need, you need to ask the question, what do you think your greatest strengths are and what do you think you, you do well at? What do you think is your best at? You got to get that situated first. I had to make a decision when I was getting married. This was something I had to think about. Can she cook? Not every man is going to think that way. I came from a cooking family. That's why. Right? So because I came from a cooking family, that's important to me. Now, I would have been an idiot to go find somebody that couldn't cook if that meant a lot to me. That's on me. I can't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the right to get mad when I get married and she can't cook and I'm walking around every day. Why can't you cook? That was my dad. 
I was supposed to make sure she can cook. People can only do what they can do. They can only do what God designed and equipped them to do. And that's relationship. I said all that just to say this. God has his responsibility in this whole fruit bearing process. And we have ours. And if you want to keep score, we doing 25% and he doing 75%. So that tells you that's not how you're supposed to look at it. Because we are fruit bearers. And we're supposed to make sure the soil is cultivated. The soil is right. The soil is prepared. So when the seed go in the soil, it can grow and produce good fruit. Let me show you something. How do we cultivate our soil? Because, preacher, you've been talking about that. The soil, the soil, the soil. Yes, the soil. So we need to cultivate the soil. How do we cultivate the soil? We cultivate the soil by surrendering our self-will to the Lord Jesus' will. Did you know that's the biggest portion of repentance when you say you repented? When you say you repented, what you're saying in essence is, God, I didn't realize who you are and what you were all about. But now I do, and I'm ready to give my life to you. And so what I'm telling you now, God, no longer will I allow my self-will to rule my life. I am going to let the will of God rule my life. And so no longer will I do everything I want because now I have to check with you for your will to prevail in my life. In everything I do, I want you to have the preeminence. That's the biggest part of repentance. And a lot of people say they repented, but at the same time, they're still living their life how they want. You can't repent and live your life the way you want. That wasn't real repentance. If you repented and you're still living the way you want, it means you didn't really repent. You said some words. But when you repent... You now start living according to the word and the will of God. And even when your desires say you need to go do this, you got to fight and say, no way, Jose, I'm not doing that. I don't know if it's a mystery. But we all struggle to do wrong. Or should I say we all struggle to do right? Whichever way you want to look at it. But the bottom line is all of us are being tempted. You think, you really think, man, he's powerful. He ain't worried about that stuff. He can't be tempted. Ask Jesus if we all don't get tempted. So when somebody decides to say, no, I'm not doing that, they don't have no special superpowers. When somebody says, I'm not living like that, they don't have special superpowers. All of us have the same power that's working in us if we have the Holy Ghost and that's all we got and that's all we need. But don't go around making it seem like, oh, the pastor, oh, the pastor, yeah, no, he, that's why he pastoring because he can do that kind of stuff. Bogus excuse. We're all in the flesh. This flesh is nasty. 
This flesh is no good. This flesh want what it wants. And we all have to deal with that. And the biggest thing going to be, how do we deal with the flesh? Do we repent of what we've done and live our life according to the word of God and the direction and instruction of God? Or do we keep on giving in to what we like? And so if we're going to cultivate the soil, that's the first thing that needs to be done. We need to surrender our self-will. If we want the soil to be fertile, if we want the soil to be cultivated and be just right for the seed when it's planted to grow and produce a crop, we've got to make sure that we submit to his will and not keep doing what we want. The person that is unrepented, that have not surrendered to his will, if you look in your life, you're not going to see any fruit from the Lord. The fruit will be from them. It will be their fruit. Uh-huh. Their degrees will be their fruit. Uh-huh. Their job will be their fruit. Uh-huh. Their, their, their material things will be their fruit. Uh-huh. But the fruit that God is talking about is not those things. Uh huh. So we have to cultivate our soil. We have to make sure we repent of our sins. We have to make sure we begin to be a praise unto God in word and in deed. We got to praise Him. If we're going to cultivate the soil, we got to do it by worshiping God. If we're going to cultivate the soil, we got to do it by applying spiritual disciplines into our life. If we're going to cultivate the soil, the cultivation must be to make a difference. away from that fruit is the true test of salvation you want to know you saved because none of us know we're saved till we finally get there right but if you want to know that you saved look if good fruit has been produced by you what are spiritual that have come from your life You can't escape it today because Jesus is going to tell you, you heard it. Jesus is going to tell you, you heard it. So the question now is, will you do something about it to be able to say, oh, yeah, here's a harvest that came from my life. Here's a crop that came from my life. Uh huh. It might be a hundredfold. It might be sixtyfold. Or it might be thirtyfold. It doesn't matter what the fold, just get a fold. Doesn't matter what the fold. The Lord is not interested in the fold. He's interested in are you producing what you're supposed to produce? Back to that again. Are you producing what you're supposed to produce? If I married somebody and because I was stupid, knowing that I like good cooked food and they couldn't cook, you know what I would do? I wouldn't fight. What am I going to do? Tell myself, that was an error in your judgment. Make sure you either get somebody to come to the house and cook two or three days a week, or you're ordering good cooked food, or you let somebody cook and you bring it in, or you go out to dinner a whole lot. Don't you fight with that woman. 
Don't you fight with that woman. You made an error in judgment. Don't you fight with that woman. And we let stuff cause us to fight with one another that we're in relationship with because we had a lapse of judgment in how we decided who was going to be our spouse. And now we're fighting when in actuality, if that person is doing everything that they're capable of, let them do it. You make up the difference. You do the best you can and that person do the best that they can. Well, let's stop thinking that people are supposed to do this and supposed to do that. I've told you, or maybe I haven't, that I've seen marriages where the man cooking, where the man cleaning, where the man doing some stuff. And we might say, that's not how it's supposed to be. Go back and look at their talents and skills and what they bring to the table. And if that's what the man bring and she brings something else, that's going to work for them. Get off of the whole mindset of, what 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 should be done? No, it's it's about what you are able to do. And that's how it's supposed to work. I'll give you some more in a little bit so you understand. In Matthew chapter seven, verse number sixteen, telling you that the fruit is the test of true salvation. Watch it, Matthew seven sixteen. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You want me to tell you what's interesting? I was just reading this this morning. Never thought about it till I said it this morning. Just like the Lord sows seeds, the devil is sowing seeds. Because the only way evil fruit can come on the tree is because the evil one sowed the seed. Interesting, isn't it? And if we go to the soil, the, the soil can be prepared for corrupt stuff to grow. And if you do any research, I don't know too much about gardening, but if you know, if you do any research, I'm sure that weeds can grow easier in messed up soil than good stuff can grow in messed up soil. Right? I'm not that off, right? So the bottom line is. If evil fruit is coming from your tree, it means the seed of the devil was planted and now it's growing and producing evil fruit. Because the soil that it was planted in was just accommodating to it. It's the only reason why it said evil fruit. Produce evil fruit. There's only one evil one. Verse 18. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit ye shall know them. So the Bible is telling us that we will know we're Christians depending on the fruit we produce. We will know we're godly depending on the fruit we produce. We will know that we're doing our part depending on the fruit that we produce. Let me show you something. I'm closing here. The fruit that you're supposed to produce when you have good soil is love. I'm pausing on that because, you know, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Man. Woo. I thought I was out the loop in the preaching. All while he was preaching, I'm figuring, man, I'm a mess. But now that you said love, preacher, oh, I'm back in the game. Are you really? The fruit is love. However, 
Stephen A. Smith. However, the fruit is love, but it's supposed to reveal the works of joy, the works of peace, the works of long-suffering, the works of gentleness, the works of goodness, the works of faith, the works of meekness, the works of temperance. It's supposed to reveal the works of righteousness, the works of holiness, the works of Christian character, the works of good works, the works of loving people and leading others to Christ, the works of sharing what you have and the works of praising God. So when you say you love, you have the fruit of love. Show me what it produced. Show me what it produced. Oh, I love. Show me what it produced. So we can stop saying, oh, I know I love. Yes, show me what your love produced. When we plant a tree or a plant for it to bear fruit, as we have said, it must be rooted in good soil. And it needs rain and sunshine. Seed. Rosalie, seed, rain, and sunshine, we don't control. Seed, rain, and sunshine, we don't control. The Lord Jesus controls that. All we are in control of is the soil. You see what I mean now? That is 2575 if you really want to check it. Because he's doing three things and we're only doing one thing. That, that's what it comes down to. So that's why I'm telling you, don't count percentage. God didn't count percentage with us. He did not go percentage on us. All he said was, here is what you're supposed to do. Just make sure the soil is right. Just make sure the soil is workable. Just make sure the soil is plowed, prepared, and ready. Just make sure the soil is cultivated. And I will take care of the seed. I will take care of the rain. I will take care of the sun. You just make sure the soil is right. And we will bring forth a crop if we do that. We will bring forth a harvest if we will make sure the soil is fine. So let's not worry about percentage. How much do you bring to the table? No, it's, it's what they have been equipped to do. Are they doing it all? That's it. I always tease and say, a lot of preachers' wives know how to play the, key, the keyboard and sing. If that ain't in her DNA, if, this, if, the God, if God didn't equip my wife with those gifts, don't be looking at her thinking that she's supposed to grab the mic and sing and play the keyboard. I'm expecting her to either. Because we can only do what God has gifted us to do and more. If God don't give to us, we can't produce it. <laughs> and so in Matthew chapter 13, you can stand. In Matthew chapter 13, it says in verse 12, 
For whosoever had, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever had not, from him shall be taken away even that he had. I said this is the scripture that tells us there's jealousy in the church. Because we don't really understand that when you're soiled and you produce a crop, guess what? God keeps planting seed in your harvest, in, in your, in your uh, soil, and you keep producing more and more and more. And, and other people looking at you getting mad, jealous. Why he or she always doing this? Why are they always doing this? And the bottom line is this. They're always doing it because they've been cultivating their soil and God has been planting seed and they're producing a harvest. That's why it's happening. You want that to happen in your life? Cultivate your soil. Cultivate your soil. Get your soil right. Get it turned over. Get it plowed. Get the rocks out of it. Get the weeds out of it. Get stuff out of there so the seed, when it's planted, it can grow and produce a harvest. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without the seed, you are fruitless. Without the seed, you produce nothing. Without the seed, you are barren. Solely with the seed can anything happen. And so Jesus is letting us know he is the one that is making it happen. Do you need to experience fruit in your life? The first thing that you want to have is the Holy Ghost dwelling in you. You need the infilling of the Holy Ghost if you want to produce a crop, a harvest. Because guess what? We just read it. Without him, we can do nothing. So fruit can't come from your life until the Holy Ghost is working in you. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to produce fruit. Now, you can have the Holy Ghost and still not produce because the soil is still not right. But if you have the Holy Ghost and the soil is right, oh, there's going to be a harvest. Uh-huh. Only by the Holy Spirit can fruit be produced. Many people try to do good and be good, but without it, without the Holy Spirit, good is impossible. Good is impossible. Apart from Christ, our efforts are unfruitful. Apart from Christ, our efforts are unfruitful. And so today, I ask you, what kind of soil are you? Because if you are not a good ground, you can't bear fruit. But you were called to be fruit bearers. God chose you from the foundation, before the foundation of the world. God called you. And he wants to choose you to be a fruit bearer. But it's up to you how you handle yourself, how you cultivate your soil. Don't get jealous of someone else. Don't sit back and talk about somebody else. Just say, Lord, I hear you. And I need to do something with this soil. I can't let this soil stay all, you know, uncultivated. I can't let this soil be messed up, wayside soil and all that kind of stuff, thorny soil. I, I need my soil to be Fully manicured, cultivated, nice, nice soil. We got to pray, church. We got to call on the name of the Lord. We got to fast. 
We got to call on the name of the Lord for the Holy Spirit to have the preeminence in us. We got to repent of our sins and submit to his will and abandon ship of all our will. The Bible says God will give you the desires of your heart. So please, church, don't don't think when you abandon all of your will that God is going to make you look like, you know, old, crazy person that have nothing going in your life. Because I think sometimes we think that if, if we trust our life to God, then we're just going to be worth nothing in this world. Are you kidding me? You're the apple of his eye. You're the most precious thing in this world. And he's, if you look like that, if you look like a nobody or a nothing and look like you can't accomplish anything and not going anywhere, that's because that's what you want to look like. God is not going to have his children looking like that. We are royalty. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood. We are peculiar people. We are a holy nation. And so God is not going to have us looking crazy. We just have to cultivate the soil and watch him work. He will provide the water. He will provide the sunshine. The seed we know is going to work. We just have to cultivate the soil so he can do what he has to do. And you can move about and still be educated and still have stuff and still. But guess what? You will be seeking the kingdom first and you will produce a great harvest in your life if there's no harvest something is wrong because that determines your salvation if there's no harvest something is wrong and you got to find out what's wrong asap because that is the clue to salvation is we be known by our fruit bow your heads father in the name of jesus your word has gone forth and you said that your word will not go out and return unto you void. And so today, Lord Jesus, I ask that you will begin to help us to cultivate our soil. Somebody, will you praise the Lord today? Will you worship the Lord today? Will you humble yourself and submit to his will and allow him to have the preeminence? Ah. Oh, my God. Let God have his way today. Give him your heart. Give him your mind. Give him your soul. Give him your everything so he can work his work in you. Oh, God. This heart of ours is defiled, corrupted. Oh, God, there's thorns, there's stones. Oh, God, there's weeds. But, Lord, I pray that you will help us today, that as we worship you, as we praise you, as we lift our hands to heaven and open up our mouths and bless your name, that, God, this soil will become cultivated. This soil will be prepared. This soil will be ready for the seed to grow and produce fruit. God, have your way today, Lord. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be lost. We don't want to miss out on eternal life. And so we call on your name today to help us, Lord God, that the soil, Lord Jesus, will be a right soil that we, oh God, can be what you want us to be. I pray today in the name of Jesus for each and every person. Will you lift your hands today? Let me pray for you before you go. Father, for every person that is, oh God, that has joined us via, oh God, online, our online.
congregation for them. Oh, unknown congregation, lift your hands with me today. I pray, Lord God, for every uplifted hand this morning, this afternoon, that by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, oh God, the soil of their heart will begin to be cultivated, will begin, oh God, to be turned over and plowed, and all the things that hinder the seed from growing will be removed in the name of Jesus. I pray that every one of us will have a repentant spirit, a repentant heart, where we will repent, Lord God, of our sins and of our own ways, living our worldly interests and forgetting about the kingdom. I pray today, Lord God, that something will happen within our soul. And, oh God, we will begin to cultivate the soil for the seed to grow and to produce good fruit, to produce a harvest. I pray today, Lord, that the power from on high will overshadow us and flow into our life like we've never seen and that your will will be done, Lord God. Have your way today. Help us to apply the Word of God, the teachings of the Word of God. Help us to apply them, Lord God, and live them and not just be hearers of your Word. I thank you today for your Word. I thank you for allowing us to be in your presence. I speak into our hearts. I thank you, Lord, for loving and caring and keeping us. Lord, as we go from this place today, I pray that the will of God be done. The power of the Holy Ghost will be revealed. And, oh God, a harvest will be produced. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, almighty God, and we bless your holy name. Lord, comfort them. those that need comforted today. Mend the broken hearts today, will you, Lord God? Restore, oh God, and make whole again. Heal, oh God, and deliver. And let the gospel, Lord God, take effect in our life. We love you, Lord. We honor and thank you today for all these things we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Somebody magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to me. The next three weeks, we've got a lot going on in the church. I want you to come to church for the next three weeks. Make a commitment to not miss. Just come. Invite somebody to church. If they can come in person, that's great. If they can join us online, that's great. But get somebody to come to church. The next three weeks, we have some really great services planned for you. And we want you to come and experience what God is going to do. So don't miss it. You can help it. Don't miss the next three weeks of Sunday services, 9 a.m. and 1030. Don't miss. God has something in store for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. I love you, church.